Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Have a Little Insight. Jenny and I, for this episode, talked to Jason Liebowitz. He is the founder of an offline matchmaking company called XXO. He did start this pre-COVID, and because of the pandemic, that kind of threw a wrench into the gears for him. But we were also excited to hear about his transformational platform that he will be starting in about eight months, he's guessing. Uh, So I actually met him through a social media networking post on Instagram, which I thought was super interesting. And I liked a lot of the messages that he had, so we thought, why not have him on to share those with you as well? So I hope you guys enjoy. Good. How are you? Good. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> you got to you got to start a bed early for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're an early riser, eh? Yeah, we um on my Mondays, well, I get up at four, and on Mondays I have a four thirty a.m. mindset meeting with uh, a bunch of people. So I've been up since four. Already had a great meeting this morning. Got to the gym, and I'm ready to go. Oh my gosh, wow. I don't know that. I mean, I'm a I can be a disciplined person, but four is like mighty early. <laughs> four, four is a great hour. It's so quiet. The world is just silent at that time, and the energy is all yours. You're kind of in between worlds, and uh, it's it's a great time for for self personal development and just everything's quiet. So you're just with yourself. Yeah, I enjoy, I do, sometimes I do the same thing, but just really late at night and then go to bed and sleep in as opposed to the up early, but yeah, I could imagine, I know a lot of like people who talk like, or I follow on Instagram and stuff that you're like up before the sun, you know? It's a great hour. (laughs) Maybe one day, maybe one day we'll see what happens. I don't know. (laughs) Ryan, can you get up at four? I used to do it in the past when I was at Starbucks. So like All right. getting up early was, you know, getting my getting my ass over to work. Uh, so I didn't really have too much time in between to enjoy the peace and quiet. So, yeah. Yeah, that's the trick to it is, is actually spending time with yourself. And a lot of people don't, don't spend that actual time with themselves. And that's the time to do it. So mm. try, try it one day. You see if you like it or not, but at least try it. So what time yeah. do you go to bed then? Uh, usually around 10-ish. Oh wow! Okay, not too That's bad. Not too I guess early. once once you get once you get used to it too, it's especially if you enjoy that time in the morning to yourself. It's uh, you look forward to it more often. I do. My brain yeah. was going like, okay, I have to get up at four. I have to be in bed at like seven. <laughs> <laughs> like I got to prep for this. This is a serious situation. <laughs> it is a serious situation. <laughs> That's great the... idea. They come to you at that hour. Yeah. I used to get up really early. I used to work for a whale watching company, so I used to get up around like five thirty six every day, but not four. Yeah, well, we we both come from the restaurant business. Uh, that's like my current job that I'm doing part time right now. So it tends to be later nights. I gotcha. Yeah, you guys, Canada, right? Yeah, we're both in yeah. Ottawa, Canada. Okay. Yeah, we're just doing it remotely still because of the COVID, you know. Understood. Yeah. Nothing wrong with remote. No, no, it works. So it's been working yeah. well for us. Well, it's thanks for uh, thank, thanks for coming on. It's great to have you. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. So I don't know much about you because um, Ryan's done most of the like connecting and talking to you. So maybe we can start. You can just tell us a little bit about yourself or tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure. I'm the founder of XXO, which is an offline matchmaking service. 
uh, have the XXO podcast, and I'm currently creating a connection platform. Uh, human transformation. I'm looking to curve the culture back to connection over convenience. And by 2025, by eliminating the need for dating apps, the fear of intimacy and vulnerability. So I have my work cut out for me in the next five years. Cool. So how did that, um, how did that start for you? Like there's so many things with dating. I know like I have friends who are, I don't know if the words moderate, but I have friends who have hosted speed dating. I have, I know my mom was recently saying, I, w- I hope she doesn't mind me talking about this, but she was recently saying, you know, she misses the time of like, you know, when there was just like singles dances and you could just show up and with your friends and do your thing and maybe meet somebody, maybe you don't. Um, so how do you decide to start an offline matchmaking service in a world that's so like tech driven? And how is that just- going? It's, it's interesting. So, I mean, it was a kind of a lifelong journey of how I got here um, and, and different relationships that I was in. I was, you know, in the online dating world for a number of years. And there's, I saw what was happening is just there's a loss of connection. Um, and, and today it's become this distraction, the online dating. It's just distraction from actually us spending time with ourselves. So we've lost the connection with ourselves. And it's become this artificial, superficial kind of temporary happiness platform Um where so many are in there, but not looking for a relationship. And then there's a lot of people who actually are in there looking for a relationship, but it's so hard for them. It's a struggle um, because of they're up against, you know, the odds of it's like a casino. So, you know, I, I wanted to take things offline where, where connection actually happens, where people spend time first with themselves, getting to know themselves and then with each other offline. So on top of dating apps, I'm just curious, because my personal feeling is I feel like social media has contributed a lot, of, a lot to that. Like we started with social media platforms that were pretty simple with um, ICQ, Messenger. I don't know if you remember that, Ryan, maybe not. But it was like this little like super basic like bloop, nothing in your corner and your friend came online. You had this flower that lit up green if they were online. You could just, you know chat with them it was like a super big deal right in the early 90s and then we went to msn messenger but now we have these whole platforms that look like they generate more connection because they allow us to share our lives but there is a factor of disconnection in them as well so i feel like it's a cultural shift in general do you feel the same absolutely yeah it's a distraction because as you described early on it was a one-on-one now it's a one-on like you know seven billion there's so many different things happening and 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 what people are trying to fill a void so i might be having a conversation with you for a minute or two but all of a sudden ryan comes along and i want to switch over to have a conversation and then somebody else comes so i want to go over there um so it's it's we're losing the connection we definitely are and it can be a good and a bad thing in a way of i mean connection can be a great thing in terms of meeting people uh, but it it depends on, you know, what's behind it. Right. Yeah, I think Ryan and I were just talking about that before we started with you. I I was just like riffing in my mind with him out loud. So obviously not in my mind because that's wrong. But we were. I was just. <laughs> it's early Monday morning, folks. Okay. You were telling you were telling me your thoughts out loud. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's a better way to word it. Um, there's also more vision of the amount of like swipe culture and stuff like that because we didn't see that kind of 
well, I didn't exist in that time, but there was more, all of those things had to happen in person, right? Like if you weren't looking for authentic connection or you weren't actually looking for something serious, you kind of needed to own that more up front, I feel like in those environments, or you just burned people, which still happens today, but it tends to happen more in this technology platform that we have. I'm wondering if it's more apparent or if it's just always been there and we couldn't see it. I don't know. I think, I think today, I mean, I think there's definitely, it's more of like a seeking validation, seeking attention. And once you get it, you fill that external void mm. and then I can move on and fill it again. So it's, it's just, I think I love social media. I love it. What's happened is though, we've stopped spending time with ourselves to get to know ourselves and we use it as a distraction. So when, when we need to spend the time with them ourselves, that's extremely painful and hard to have to deal with something. So it's easier just to grab the phone and start, whether it's online dating or it's anything else, it's, it's distracting from just spending time with ourselves. We don't do that anymore. So how can you form that connection with yourself? If, you know, that's, that's the loss right there. Yeah. That, that's increasing. It even happens in public places. Like you look at as servers, I'm sure Ryan, you can attest to this too, but I've looked at tables where couples are on a dinner together and both people are on their phone, right? Yeah. In fact, terrible story about online dating and not necessarily my feeling about online dating because I've actually had very positive experiences, knock on wood, but I remember a table one time where a couple was having dinner or what appeared to be a couple. I mean, I can't say for sure they weren't my table, but the gentleman at the table was on Tinder while they were at the table together. And it was like, it was like the talk of the, of the staff, you know, it's like, oh my God, they're having dinner together and he's on Tinder. Like, uh, like we couldn't do that before, right? Like if you were going to, we're going down a whole other tangent I didn't plan, but if you were going to have a mistress or a mister or have an affair of any kind, you had to like do that in person and be like, there wasn't so many ways to be discreet, I guess. Yeah. Now, if literally they can sit at the same table and not know what's going on. Yeah. We're giving uh, online dating and humanity a pretty bad rap right now. But well, no, but, but, well, but, that, but that's reality. That, that actually happened. So, yeah. so you know, if that happened once, it's not like that was the only time it's, it's happening. It's, it's happening more than that. Yeah. But that's for every good story. There, there's a bad story as well. Yeah. And, and that pumps me up that you did have a, a you know, a great, a, you know, it worked well for you. That yeah. makes me happy. Yeah. I'm fortunate, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I've definitely heard the horror stories of online dating from people, but I mean, I certainly didn't meet my partner now um, without meeting a couple people before, but the two times that I have been in love in my life, I was very lucky that I met both of those individuals online and it just happened to work. And my first partner was before there was even like online dating. It was just like, I don't even remember what it was, but like they used to have like, okay, no, no judgment here, but they used to have like personal ads and stuff like that. And I think I just answered it on a whim because it sounded interesting and it led to like a wonderful relationship. And I'd love to like pull our audience and know if that's like, or your audience, maybe if that's like a fluke or if that happens for more people, or I'm curious how many people authentically connect online and don't like horror versus good, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you, if the, the, I mean, it's a $5 billion a year industry. Jesus. Think of it. 
and there's only 20% that actually form a relationship. So think of that. Think about that. Huh. You know, so that's those odds are not great. And how many of those people are using more than one app at at a I'm, time, right? To try to like increase should, their their chances, right? Yeah, I'm sure the majority are using multiple multiple apps. They use them all. You know, you see the same people on all the apps. Yeah, that's true. I see. Uh, I remember from my dating days, not too long ago, but long enough ago. Um, multiple people on multiple different apps like you hop around you're like oh i'm using plenty of fish oh let's do bumble oh the one app i never used was tinder i feel like tinder is just like the common known like i want to hook up let's but, swipe but yeah yeah they're all like that though there, there's no difference even you take something that's supposed to be you know upscale like an e-harmony or they're all they're all the same they're all built the same yeah you know, what the difference for you is when when the time came and you met your partner, were you ready for a relationship? Were you needing it, or were you just you you you've already had that connection with yourself and you felt I'd like to have one? Oh, she's gonna love me talking about this. No, she probably won't mind. But um, I went into the first date kind of with I had gone to a mindset in dating where my expectations were not drastically high. But I've always been a person who looks for connection, whether that's in my relationships or with my friends. Um, yeah. But I definitely felt, and I know that she's expressed that she felt that we both felt whole individually and ready, and that our relationship feels like like an that's icing the, on top of the cake. That's the difference right there. You guys, you already had the relationship with yourself. You didn't need to fill the void externally. You already filled it externally. Your partner did as well. And that's why it works yeah that's the difference that's what i love that's that's a great story and, and the, the expectations are the root of all disappointment so when we have these expectations we're always going to be disappointed but you did it the right way you 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 probably did the inner work before this at some point you worked on yourself you had that connection with yourself you weren't needy you didn't need a relationship and your partner didn't either and that's why you guys are able to have that that dynamic now yeah, and I feel like when I met my first partner, I was in a similar place too. Now that you mention it, I was kind of like, I want a date. And it just kind of happened. And online just happened to be the platform that facilitated it. Yeah, yeah, it's the go-to. It's, I mean, it's pretty much the go-to. There's, there's alternatives, but people aren't really ready yet for the alternatives. So that's, that's what they know. And whether or not, you know, they can tell me how frustrated they are with the online dating apps, but they go right back to them again, right? It's because it's familiar. What's familiar to us is not always what's best for us, mm. but we don't like change. We like to stay comfortable. We don't like to get uncomfortable for change. Regardless of whatever is the greatest thing on the other side, it's not familiar. This is familiar to us, so I'm going to stay here. And that's, that's kind of where we lost the connection with ourselves there. I also feel online dating takes away the intimidation of the approach. Um, like in public settings, it's very daunting to approach somebody whose just energy might be appealing to you or um, someone who might just seem really attractive to you or you look across the room and you're, they're like, oh, that person looks like they're having a really good time. I want to say hi. That saying hi requires so much well, for me, I'll just talk for myself, but it requires a courage and a personal workup in a way that I feel like technology and online platforms have 
almost erased for us because it's so easy to just hit like the flirt button or just DM somebody on Instagram. And like, I've heard great stories. Two of my co, well, a coworker of mine met her husband who lived in California because he quote unquote slid into her DMs on Instagram, <laughs> you know, like things happen and love happens in really weird ways. But yeah, technology can definitely be a tool. I agree with you for disconnection and connection. It's such a weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it comes down to the individual. Yeah, yeah, it really does. The individual needing the external void or if they filled it themselves and, and they, they, they don't need happiness. They are happy. That's the difference. Hmm. I, I wanted to ask you, uh, Jason, about your personal experience, maybe if you want to touch on with doing online dating and then what your experience has been like since going off of that and uh, touching a little bit on like why there's such a loss of self self worth and how you can, you know, climb to get that back into your life. I think I started online dating myself personally. It was probably 2014, somewhere around there. And, and since then, I've had several relationships, um, longer term ones I did. Uh, but then my, after my last one, and I saw what was going on. I mean, online dating has changed significantly in the past five years it's i mean i've seen a big difference in it in the behavior so today it's, it's very different than it was a couple of years ago um yeah it's it's people have really i keep going back to it's it's convenience so it's it's a place of convenience for us and what's always convenient is not always best convenient is great for so many things but relationships are not built on convenience they're built on connection you know, and we talked, you said energy. Yeah, I mean, we, we are energy. And so the loss, I mean, you're talking self-worth, self-love. There's been a tremendous loss of people don't have that self-love, self-worth. I mean, it creates that same dynamic into a relationship. They're, they're needing to fill those voids externally. My purpose is to take people offline and first, you know, a lot of another thing that happens is people jump. I call it seasonal love is they'll jump from relationship to relationship. Um, and it's just because of that is they don't want to spend the time with themselves to get to know themselves. So we'll keep repeating the cycle over and over again. And so they can come out of whether it's, you know, a 10 year marriage or an eight month relationship and they get right back on. Same thing happens. They get right back on. Same thing happens is because the loss that the, the self-worth, the self-love is not there. It's not going to ever come there. They think it's going to happen externally through their partner. But that, that, that's not how it works. So, so, you know, my big push even before, you know, matching people is, is really them having the connection with themselves. And that's, that's the painful part for so many. It was for me, too. I went through the same thing. I, took a, a, I finally got off the apps. I deleted all the apps. And I spent a couple of years of really spending the time getting to know myself. But you have to do that. You have to make that incision kind of expose all the parts of you that have never seen light before and keep digging deeper and deeper into yourself until, until you've done the work where you, you know, you have that self-love and self-worth. So I'm curious about a few things. Ryan and I are both um, very big on personal development and self-development. And we look at ourselves quite often. We've had numerous conversations about it. It's part of how our friendship started and part of how the podcast started. 
what are some of the practices or tools that you use to stay connected to yourself or to deepen your connection with yourself? I love that. I love that, that question. And so when you, you know, the reason I get up at four in the morning, four in the morning, four o'clock is a known time for monks, um, entrepreneurs. There's something in that hour for personal development. And so I use that time when I wake up at four and I, and I call it a download. I literally like download into my head. Um, I sit there and, and whether it's, it's, it's unwiring and rewiring of your brain. So some of the people who I love that I listen to every morning and I've gone through, kind of been with through my journey is Dr. Joe Dispenza, how to unwire, rewire your brain, uh, Wim Hof for mindset. Um, I do my, my breathing and cold showers every morning, my meditation, um, uh, Dorian Yates, uh, Vishen Lakiani. Um, these are some of the people that I spend my time with every single morning and, and the night before I go to bed. Um, personal development to me is, is, is everything. Absolutely everything. But that's, so th those are all the people who have really helped me through my journey. I'm sure there's been some others as well, but those have been the, the, the most powerful ones for me personally. And do you have a typical routine? Like you get up at four every day and then do you flow more or do you tend to like get up, um, meditate, cold shower? Like, is there a routine to it for you or a formality that works? I, yeah, um, it's different now is I, I, I wake up at four. My phone is near me. I don't go to anything, emails or anything else. I go right to YouTube and whoever I'm going to listen to that day, I hit play and start literally I just lay on my back and let it just flow into my head. Um, and usually that's, that's about 30 minutes to 45 minutes. Um, sometimes I'll doze off for a second and I'll wake right back up. And usually when I go into that, it's kind of that beta phase where I'll like just stop the phone and I'll have, I kind of almost went into a dream state real quick and have an idea. Um, so that triggers a lot of ideas too, but prior to the idea, that's kind of the routine. I'll get up, I'll, I'll do my Wim Hof breathing, my, I hold my breath for a certain amount of time. I sit there, I do my meditation, and then I get up, have breakfast, have my cold shower. So I do have a routine, but it's all based around personal development during that time. And that's why it, it's so quiet. All the energy in the world is yours. You just can just sit with yourself. And there's times where I sit with myself too, besides having you know the download into my head. But it's all about personal development. And the unwiring and rewiring of the brain is how you have to do it. I think that's that's the hardest part. I don't know if you guys got how far into personal development and, and what you guys do, but for me, um, it's all been mindset. Yeah, it's it's definitely unlearning a lot of the stories that you have. Like it's almost the way I would describe it is it's almost like I have a voice in my head, but I, I know it's not mine. You know, like I was listening to one of your most recent podcast episodes and I forget her name, but she was touching on the fact that like she calls the voice in her head Megan. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like yeah, so it's like, you know, it's not something that you think, but it's always like this critical judging voice or like a negative thought loop that you get stuck in and trying to get past that or to have something else to kind of fill that space that's more positive or more self-fulfilling, I guess. And yeah, it's it's been a long process, but I, I started getting more into self-development about two years ago. And I, I feel like I've come a long way, but I still have a long way to go. It's a lifelong journey and, and those thoughts, those thoughts, like I'll call it, you know, negative loop that lives inside you. It's like emotions that live in your body. Um, but that's all thoughts from the past. 
and I don't have those anymore. Um, but you're on the right track to, to you can get rid of them, but it, it's not overnight at all. Um, but that is exactly what it is, is, the unwiring, getting rid of everything of these thoughts and beliefs from the past. Some don't even exist. They're just kind of trapped in your body, but emotions sit in your body. But once you can get past that, you, you don't have those thoughts anymore. It's a beautiful journey that I'm, I'm excited for you that but thank you for sharing that Yeah, well, I'm I'm lucky. I have a partner now. We met through work actually and we've been together for almost two years now and Like it, it's great because we're both very supportive of each other's individual journeys and You know that like there's times where it's it's not all unicorns and rainbows like there's tough periods especially with the last couple of months being in isolation, like, you know, we see each other every day, every hour. So there's times where we just sit by ourselves and don't talk. And then there's other times we hang out the whole day, but like, I'm still working through my own, uh, traumas as it were. And then she's had stuff recently that has come up for her that she now wants to, you know, now that it's in the forefront, she wants to work on it. So I'm trying to do everything I can to just be there to support that journey. Cause I know it'll help her in the long run. Right. And one thing that I always thought was interesting was the saying of, you know, you found your soulmate, uh, like your other, your better half or other half. But like, to me, I just think every person is already, is already whole, but they just have to realize that. And then you find somebody else who is also whole and you, you share your life with that person rather than like, oh, I, I need you in my life to make me feel whole. Nailed it. I love that. Yeah. I mean, people are looking for the one. They need to look in the mirror to find themselves. And that, that's what <laughs> And I and I what you what you were describing and I, and I call it having a threesome, um, but it's having, it's it's, but it's it's you always continuing the relationship with yourself to continue personal development and growth because you need to continue living your life, your partner continues to live your their life and then the two of you can come together and support each other, um, but that's a healthy relationship having a threesome for your for your life. But but as you described it, you need to continue on your journey as well. It's not they complete me and and I need them because that's you know, that's where you lose yourself. Yeah, there was a great quote, and I'm going to butcher it. So I'm trying to look it up while I talk <laughs> to you guys, because I think it's important to get it right. And it was around the same premise that it's not about having another person to complete you, but it's about being complete and working together. Uh, basically, it goes something like this. I can't find it. So I'll just wing it. But it's like, I don't need you to basically complete other parts of me. I want to be whole myself. I want you to be whole. And then we can burn this city down together. You know? Love it. Yeah. So it's like when you come together, you're a powerhouse because you're already complete by yourself. But I think it's important too what you said, Ryan. Like it's not all unicorns and rainbows. And people used to stick together through amazing hardships partly probably because divorce wasn't believed in and a lot of people likely suffered when they didn't need to in relationships they were unhappy with but i feel like now we're almost in a culture where people give up too easily um and realizing that there might be points of hardship like as a server and all of my server friends know this and anybody who knows me my favorite table is a long time anniversary table because my favorite question to tables who are coming in and it's like 20 years or longer they've been together which in our society now is like quite the accomplishment my favorite question to them is like so what's your secret how'd you make it work for all that time like what would you tell people and i've heard such a variety of answers 
it's unbelievable how people manage to stay together for so long. Like I heard one lady, one elderly lady said to me one time, well, there was two years where we hardly spoke to each other. And I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> and I remember, I think my favorite answer, there was a, an older lady, she kind of shocked me, but they're having dinner and they had been together since they were 16 years old. So it had been like, I don't know, I think they had been together like 60 years or something, a very, very long time. And I was like, so what's your secret? And she's like, well, we had great sex till 50 and we laughed a lot and we had respect, you know? And she's like, I was just like, whoa, okay. Like the great sex till 50 kind of threw me off coming from like a 70 year old lady, but it was the truth and it was honest. And it's just interesting to hear the variety of different things that keep couples connected. But knowing that there are going to be those periods where it's just going to be hard, whether it's because you have kids and they're going through a hard time and that requires more of your focus or you're going through some sort of personal shift. But I find it really interesting. Something in my relationship that we did was very early in our relationship. We set intentions for when things get bad. What are we going to do? Because things are really good right now. Things are all like butterflies and rainbows and unicorns as you say but life's not going to stay that way forever so when it gets hard what's our plan like what are our guiding principles going to be so that when it gets hard and we get off course how are we going to come back to what started this in the first place you know i love that yeah, as you said before people run when it because it's easy to run mm -hmm. so when things get get complicated now they should always stay healthy but if so, if if it's not healthy, I you know I get that it's maybe time to move or figure that out. But if things are healthy, but we're just running away, we're we're just running away from ourselves. That's what we're doing, and so you're going to just continue to run and run from yourself. Mm -hmm. and, so and I think also the other thing to know is that I, I think, the, I mean, a relationship needs to be healthy. That's that's a given for me, but the way we define a relationship, what it looks like after that can be completely different for, you know, it's, it's very individual for, you know, whatever that couple wants is the relationship, what they feel is, is appropriate for them. That's, that's them. Well, as if it's healthy, you know, but besides that, they can define it and it look like however they want. There's no one way. I agree. So do you, do you think that, um, it's just something I thought about, but I met, you mentioned the word vulnerability as well. So do, do you think that with, there being so much convenience of the fact that you know you get into a, a big blowout with the person you're currently with and instead of trying to patch things up or even work on it you're just like well that didn't work out onto the next and it to me it seems like there's a big fear around being vulnerable the fear of vulnerability and intimacy huge it's huge I mean, that's to me connection is the root of it all so if you take vulnerability times intimacy equals connection connection is the root of it but the fear of intimacy and vulnerability, that's that's loss of connection. And so if, if we fear that, um, then how then we're never gonna have that connection to our partner. So yes, we'll just keep running or, you know, not being able to open up to our partner. Or or to anybody. I mean that's it's not just a partner. I, mm -hmm. I see it in different places in my life of people not being able to open up. And and to me, intimacy like this is an intimate conversation. This is intimacy also. We're we're having a pretty vulnerable conversation between the three of us right now. So intimacy is not just in a, a relationship, um, but even in this dynamic of us kind of opening up to each other 
um, people have a fear of that as well. And that's the one, the biggest thing that I'm working on is to create such a platform that different ways of transformation so people can work past that. Yeah. So I, I was curious if you're willing to share with us like what the process looks like, you know, for somebody that uh, signs up to take your service. And, I, and I'm sure you're probably only based in Connecticut right now, right? No, I'm, I'm scaling right now. And, and so I'm scaling and also I'm working on a major platform. It's, it's going to be a platform for connection and it's not a dating and relationship platform. It's it's a platform essentially creating what I want to do is create the largest connection platform. It's a transformation, which, which is kind of behind the scenes now that hopefully once it goes through development within a year, I'll have it out, um, which is going to be very different than the matchmaking service. Um, but for now with the service, the process looks like I would, um, someone would put an inquiry. I would meet them right now when meet them in person usually, but, I would do a one-on-one, -on -one, spend time with them, get to know them, find out who they are, what they're looking for. Um, they have to actually be very vulnerable with me. I mean, I, I do need to know who you are in order for me to find out another person to match you with. So if, if they can't get past that, you, they're not going to be ready for me, not going to be a great client for me. Um, but if they are, then once I know who they are, it gives me an idea and I can find somebody else uh, and match them up, send them together on, on a date they can get to know each other in person um, and then from there they can let me know how it went each of them individually I, I don't tolerate the the online type behavior um, my plat my service doesn't have profiles or swiping or anything like that and there's no ghosting um, I don't tolerate that it's we're growing up here we can have real conversations so they can let me know how it went um, whether good or bad so I have a better understanding of, of who they're looking for but, but looking at the bigger picture, I realize there's a bigger problem here. That's why I'm creating the, the connection platform, which is going to be much, much bigger than a matchmaking service right now. Because the problem is not just for people who are single. This is for, this is, it's a global issue. So many people struggle with this. People who are married in relationships struggle with vulnerability and intimacy. Um, so I was thinking too small, essentially, and I, Actually, this whole idea came to me um, in one of my four o'clock dreams. When I woke up, I was doing a kind of a download into my head. I dozed off for a minute. I woke right back up, and um, the connection platform came to me. So it's a much bigger issue. So in terms of matching people, do you work off intuition primarily? Like, So you're talking, I'm just curious how that works for you because you're the conduit kind of if that's like the right word you get to know both like a variety of different parties and then you connect them what guides your connection process in terms of connecting two individuals if they're not connecting with each other initially like i love, I love intuition um i live by intuition um i you know once I, it's very personal the questions that i do have the conversation to ask the, the potential client so I really do know who they are. Um, and from there, it gives me a good idea of who they would match with. And, and it is intuition. It's, it's just energy. I can feel the energy of somebody and get the idea of, you know, I, you know if they're going to be a good match. I don't know if it's, you know, you know, it's going to be a marriage or anything else. But I have a good idea. At least they're going to have a great conversation. 
and from there it's, it's you know it's it's up to the two of them their energy of how it's going to vibrate i like that you say great conversation because i feel like well if i think about my partnership and then i think about i'll just use ryan as a reference right now because it was one of my first thoughts my friendship with ryan started definitely based from a point of well great conversation and we also handled a couple of like daunting scenarios together at work which we talked about in a previous episode so i won't bore people with but basically we're in a unique situation at work where we didn't have computers and we had to do everything old school by hand for a large group of people but our friendship started a lot based on great conversation like i remember we were at a bar one night we'd gone out with lots of friends and i looked around and ryan and i were in a corner booth drinking our beer talking about like what makes you tick as a person and who are you today and things like that and everybody else was like partying and playing darts and in my partnership now i remember leaving our first date being like we had great conversation like i don't know what else is going to come of this but this is a very interesting person that's like easy to talk to we talked about really important deep things and those great conversations have been a lot of what has triggered a lot of my really core relationships and i find a feature in that i don't know if either of you can talk to this in connection is there's always a little element for me in my close relationships where i'm comforted but i'm also pushed past a level of comfort like there's a little bit of a personal challenge in relationships that really fuel me in a positive healthy way like many times with ryan i've been like yo i don't know if i could do this and he's like but if you don't do it what's gonna happen like he'll just push me a little bit forward or like little questions that probe you to be a little bit more vulnerable like on my first date my partner now was like so what are your values and i was like what what i was like no i can answer this like it's fine but i was just surprised by the level of authenticity and honesty yeah, it's it's it, once you know you can have those. I mean, to me, what what is there if you're not having great conversation? I mean, that is that is connection. I I think, I think the voice is like, the pathway, to connection, and that's you know through conversation. That's how we get to know each other. Is we feel safer, we get more vulnerable, um, and then you you know you can support each other. You know, you can kind of push each other, support each other to feel comfortable in a non-judgmental, safe space. That's that's what connection is and whether it's in a romantic or you know a professional i have great deep conversations very intimate conversations with in professional environment with people and we push each other because it's we're not judging each other it's a way to push each other outside of our comfort zone because that's how you grow personally that's personal growth and it's great to have people like you guys have each other to support each other to feel comfortable enough to grow and not just simply exist no, that's that's huge. I'm glad you guys you guys found each found each other in that. But it, it came from conversation. That's what it is. I mean, how else how else do we get there? It's not by swiping and by you know sending little flirty things. It's by having real conversation. So I'm curious for people who might be listening or anyone really who's having a hard time feeling connected to their cells or they're feeling stuck or they find themselves repeating the same cycle again and again and again, like you said, in relationships or who can't be alone. What would you recommend as the first step someone takes to start building a better connection with themselves? Or maybe you can talk about what your first step was. 
it's it's you need to you need to delete all those apps and all the distraction and sit with yourself and hear the quiet how it just got so quiet that's what it sounds like and people have a hard time sitting in that quiet and i just had this conversation with i think um two podcasts ago with somebody who just kept going repeating the cycle spent their whole life in relationships and and you know they had a loss of the lack of, of self-love and so they needed to fill that externally and i finally said stop you're just you're just repeating it over and over it's not going to change so the first thing is stop stop dating it's going to be so uncomfortable it's going to it's going to hurt it's going to be so painful i get that that's where it starts though that's the only way um so that's that's the first place it has to start there and, and I get it. It's, 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 it's you sit in the quiet and it's painful. We want to jump back on the distraction, but you have to fight it. That's almost an addiction. You need to you need to back away from it and sit in it. And every day you do, and, and you can find your own ways of personal development. For me, I you know I worked with, as I said, Dr. Joe Dispenza and a bunch of other people. But it gets easier and easier. And, and after a while, whether it's it's not going to be overnight could be a couple of years, but you're going to be such a healthy individual. You're going to feel internally feel that happiness. And then all of a sudden you're not needing a relationship anymore. I don't need a relationship. If I don't need the happiness, I have it myself. Now it's great to share with somebody, but I don't need it. Um, but it starts with just putting the brakes on, stopping, getting out of the car and just sitting for, for a long time. We don't like to do that. Yeah. And something I was remembering too in the past is like, it felt like as soon as I turned 18, there was all these people in my family on, on both my mom and my dad's side. Like, Oh, are you dating anyone? Oh, are you seeing anyone? When are you going to start dating? Are you interested in, in people? Like it, it just they yeah, it's felt tough. like they needed someone. So they push it on you. Like you need to start dating someone. And I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> so that's the belief. So you're, you're living your life for somebody else. And that's, I mean, that's kind of today's day and age. That's how it is, is that we feel the pressure. So somebody else is telling you how to live your life. You know, well, you're single, well, you know, let me hook you up with somebody. Like, so you're saying that I need to be with somebody. So, so then we have these thoughts and beliefs, you know, by this age, it's like the, 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 the timeline, the life timeline. I have to be this by this. I have to have this done by this date. Um, and how many people who kind of live by that timeline are not happy today, right? And they've essentially, they've lived somebody else's life. And that's when we wake up in 30 or 40 or whatever it is, 50. And we're in this place where that's all we know. And now we need to do the inner work. So yeah, that's the, those, that's those thoughts that you're talking about, those loops, that's all from the past of all these, these things that we've, we've heard from other people we're trying to live, our life for us. What's, what's wrong with being single? There's nothing wrong with it. You don't need to be with somebody. I mean, be with somebody for the right reason, but you don't need to be. Yeah. You just, you have to tell people, well, I'm work I'm, I'm working on loving myself right now so that when I meet somebody, we can have a threesome. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers to that. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to ask as well, from your experience so far with starting all of this, 
the offline dating platform, like what have what have been some of like the really interesting breakthroughs that you've seen or some of the insights that you've gained from starting this company? It's it's really as I said, it goes back to the the, the loss of connection with self. Um, it's it's been an eye opener. It's, it's really pushed me into more of the transformational side of this than actually matching people is matching them to themselves first i think that's been the most the, the biggest eye-opener is, is they all have we all have a story right and we've all have whatever past and trauma and everything else um but we get to this place and it's and, and i've seen i've seen the other ones where they've done the inner work and, and now they're so ready and, and they are um but the, the common denominator i'd say is that so many people are not. Mm-hmm. So you started off with the idea of wanting to do an offline dating, and that's still something that you're currently doing, but then you have this new idea of making this connection platform, and is that that's going to be something online where people can just kind of you know, come in and just talk to whoever that they feel like they have a connection with? No, it's not going to be. Um, no, it's not, it's not a dating relationship. It's, it's a transformational um, platform. So it's more of, it's a health wellness, um, working with, with kind of breaking down the barriers of vulnerability and intimacy. So it's not, um, matching people. It's, it's nothing to do mm-hmm. with dating. It's more of us spending time with ourselves in an, almost an educational transformational kind of safe space, uh, and learning more about ourselves through, through, so that's kind of what it's going to be. Yeah. It's so just, it's just coming back to self love, self love being the, the main denominator there it is so i'm curious how long you've been running xxo now i think on linkedin i looked it said you've been doing that for about a year and a half right give or take and april April of 2019 i incorporated you know we got the company started and then we we really worked up until um this past january is where we, we launched the podcast um, and then um, just getting the offline matchmaking service going. But it was a long time just building things up and preparing. So I'm curious because I'm a sucker for a great story, whether it turns out good or bad. And I realize for confidentiality reasons, you can't use client names and stuff like that. I don't know how much you can tell us, but what's your biggest success match since you started XXO? Like what's the, what's, when you think about your company and you think about the people you've matched, what's that story that you carry with you all the time where you're like, yes, that was, that was a good match. Those people are happy and I want to hear the great love story that's come out of your company, basically. The interesting thing, okay, so, so I really did the offline matchmaking service launched just prior to COVID when everything shut down. Oh, okay. So, so. It was a very interesting time where I'm trying to take things offline and, and people can't go out. And I, and I know I've had a couple couples um, matches go out on their own to decide they wanted to, to meet, and they did. And I know they had some, some great dates. But, but, but not being able to go out really kind of put a, a, a halt on, on my idea of how I wanted to do this. So that great story, I, I've, the great story has really been working with with the people who wanted to find their love and actually turning it around and, and showing them who they were or they are 
And I've actually had more great stories right now of them getting to know themselves during this time because they can't go out to get to know somebody else. And those have been some really, really like, like I get goosebumps thinking of some of the stories of them. So that, that's, that's kind of where, where this is gone right now. It was just a very interesting time of trying to take things offline and then like a month later, you can't. So it's, it's been more of those stories. Yeah, it, it seems think- like right right now, though, right now is like no better time than to look inward and to start, you know, healing yourself as well. Right. Because you, you can't really go anywhere or do anything else. The, the interesting thing about this time is I think a lot of people have, you know, had time to sit with themselves in the past called three, four months and really reflect on life and say, you know what, what am I doing today? I don't know that I, I want to continue doing this. And I think, you know, this might be the time where, you know, I want to, you know, I've had my purpose. I've never really lived my purpose. I don't want to go back to that job or go back to this. I want to do what I want to do now. And, and so I think, and this is a huge transformation for so many um, just in their personal lives right now. They're not going back to that same job. They're not going back to whatever it is. They're, they're, they're trying to live their life now, how they see, see it. So I think that's a beautiful thing. It'd be interesting is is everything kind of opens up again. It's what this looks like. But I hope I hope to see a lot more, you know, internally happier people in the future. Awesome. Yeah. So I wish I had that that successful story of, of love of the you know they they but <laughs> we're not quite there yet. But I think it's equally successful what I'm seeing. Um, just it looks looks a little different, but. Still, still a great love story. It's, they, they found themselves. I, I always say it's you know a love so great that nobody could separate them from themselves. Mm. They're on themselves now. Yeah, I love th- that. Yeah, I like that too. I mean, it's interesting because we set out on these journeys and we think, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, and this is my my vision. But things often morph and change along the way, like. Patience is so important and just being open to where things are guided. Like even with the podcast, when Ryan and I started it almost nine months ago, it's gone through so many transformations and growth periods and dips and just like your story, COVID happened and it kind of changed the direction or changed the discovery process that your company, you and your clients were planning to go through. You know, they were looking for a mate and they ended up, this might sound weird, but mating with themselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, life's not about, you know, plan, you know, planning your life and being rigid. It's about planning your day and being flexible with it. And so I think for so many, they're, they, they want to plan every last detail um, before they do something. And, and to me, that it's almost creating an excuse not to do it. They want the perfection. They want everything before they do it. And they never actually get to it. To me, I, I just jump in and I, and I let the intuition and, and everything else kind of guide my way of, of what it looks like now is not going to be where I, it looks like or is in a couple months or a year. And that's okay. No, let, it, let it morph into something different. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's when you try to fight it, or you don't do it because you want to plan everything. How can you plan? I mean, could we ever plan for where we are today? There's no way. But now that we're yeah. here, you know, it's, it's opened this up and, and you just kind of let, let it guide you. If anything, I think COVID is a prime example of how 
anything can throw a wrench into the gears of whatever you have planned like five, 10 years into the future, right? A lot of people thought they had stability in their jobs, but now they're they're completely lost or been laid off. So it, it can go with relationships too. Like you can plan it all you want, but life always has a some different ideas for you. So true. I love that. That's a great clip right there. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, if you have an idea for when we can expect your transformational platform to be available, or if you have like an idea of when it's going to be coming out. My idea is it'll, it'll finish going through development in about eight months. Ideally, um, I'd like to have it done within eight months. It's pretty complex um, platform of how it's being put together with developers, but uh, I would say about eight months. Awesome. So leading up to it, I'll just keep doing my thing. And but um, that's that's where I'd like to launch. And um, just to finish up here, where can people get in touch with you? And what's uh, one last little piece of insight that you'd like to leave with everyone? You can get in touch with me uh, on Instagram at Connection Over Convenience. Um, I love LinkedIn. For me, LinkedIn is my favorite platform. And Jason Lebowitz, you can find me there. Uh, my website is xxoconnect.com. I have a YouTube channel, xxoconnect. Uh, how we'd leave this off? <laughs> we said a lot today. We already have so many good, good thoughts. Like, just I, I'm going to go back and listen to this one and be like, oh, yeah, that again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, you know, it's just, it's just, Spending that time, I mean, just dedicating, even even your inner relationship, wherever you are in your life, just dedicating some time to yourself, that self-care time, that personal development time, continuing the relationship with yourself. I think that's that's the most important thing I'm seeing right now. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Have a little insight. It was great to have you. Thank you, guys. This is great. I appreciate you guys having me. I love this. Yeah. It's one of um, it's one of the exciting things that came out of this podcast that I didn't necessarily anticipate was just the amount of interesting and like deep conversations that we would get to have with a variety of people that we've never even knew we would meet or cross our paths. So every episode I take away something new. So thanks, Jason. It was great talking to you. Absolutely. You know, the one last thing I'll say is to live your purpose. And, and that's first is finding your purpose. And I think that comes through, you know, through 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 life experience, um, but once you find your purpose, don't give up on that. Go pursue it. I think that's the biggest thing is that we 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 we're not aligned with ourselves, and if we're not aligned with ourselves, we're not going to be happy. So whatever that looks like, just align yourself, believe in yourself for that purpose, and just just go do it. Block out all the outside noise. We're the sound engineer of our life. You can black out, you can control the volume, turn the volume down, turn yours way up, and just go live your life. Ooh, I like that. Turn the volume down and turn your volume way up. That's, I like that one. I like it a lot. <laughs> thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you, Jason. Have a, Thanks um, again. Yeah, have a great day. You too. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. Take care. 
What an awesome way to start the week. Monday morning with Jason from XXO. So many great takeaways from this episode about learning to listen to your inner voice, connecting with yourself, and how that helps facilitate better connections with other people, the importance of vulnerability, just so many great things, and just affirmation lately of how important it is from all the guests we've had on and been speaking to about listening to yourself and letting your inner voice guide you and blocking out the noise of the world. So thanks, Jason. You got our Monday off to a kick and good start. Definitely feeling motivated. If you would like to know how to find us, we are Have a Little Insight, and you can find us on Instagram at Hallie Podcast. We are also on Facebook. We are Have a Little Insight there. Or you can find us on our website at www.havealittleinsight.com. Heads up if you can't tell, this is a very conversational-based show, and we love to talk to people of all kinds. So please shoot us an email with any of your thoughts, ideas, or combos you might want to have. We love talking to you, and you can do that at havealittleinsight at gmail.com. Thank you so much to everybody who's been listening and supporting us along the way. It means the world to us. Have a great week, and we hope this uh, gets your party started. Keep listening to that inner voice, because it's not going to shoot you the wrong way. Take care.